You are Locked On Rays, your daily Tampa Bay Rays podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, my name is Kevin Weiss. I'm Ulysses Sembrano. Host of Locked On Rays on the Locked On Podcast Network, the number one local sports daily podcast network. You can find Locked On Rays on Himalaya, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Stitcher. And when you get in your car, tell your smart device to play podcast Locked On Rays. Well, Ulysses, today is the day pitchers and catchers officially, officially report. This should almost be a national holiday if you're a baseball fan. I'm just saying. We could, we could it, yes. possibly do that. Um, let's hope that... Uh, the Rays players have a better start to their spring training uh, than Reese McGuire of the Blue Jays. Oof, that's a major swing, uh, a, a sw- swing and a miss. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> let me just say, uh, if you want to hear this story on Reese McGuire, Google it. Uh, it happened in P- Pinellas County. I'll just leave it at that. Just, uh, just, just type Reese catcher Blue Jays. Yeah. He was oh. caught in an uncompromising position. If if you if you lived in the '90s, uh, just Hugh Grant in LA, kind of similar situation. There we go. That, that's a good way. Very very Florida esque story. I will add uh, for for yeah. uh, Reese McGuire of the Blue Jays in that newly minted uh, Dunedin Spring Training facility. Um, so changing gears or kind of moving off of that as best as I can. Uh, Ray's spring training. Kicking off, Ulysses, if there is one player you are most excited about seeing or most intrigued by entering spring, who is it? There's a lot of guys, I feel like, a lot of candidates, but you can oh, pick yeah. only one. Only uh, one this time. If if the trade hadn't happened, the Pagan trade, mm-hmm. I think this guy would still be in my top three. Okay. Just because the Pagan trade happened... It has to be Jose Alvarado for me. All right. Okay, because I, I know I've mentioned this in his player review, but I'm going to say it one more time. On May 15th, the Rays were leading the AL East. Okay, their record was 26 and 15. They were kicking you know what. Okay, everybody's you know what. And Alvarado uh, had a whip of .92, an ERA of 1.04. Batters were hitting 140 off him, and he had 23 Ks in 15 and a third innings. Mm -hmm. He was the best reliever. He was the best reliever in all of Major League Baseball or the American League, whichever one you want to pick um, for argument's sake, and that was in 25% of the season. We all know what happened afterwards, okay? Mental struggles, physical struggles, all of that. My eyes are on him. Because if he is that pitcher that he was for 25% of the season in 2019 and mostly all of 2018, the trade should should work out perfectly. Mm-hmm. Should work out perfectly because now you have a power lefty arm with incredible movement and you have three solid closers um, if you want to do a closer by committee. With Diego Castillo, you have Nick Anderson – and you have Jose Alvarado if he's right. So my eyes are on Alvarado. Very good. And I think 
honestly, you compare Emilio Pagan and Alvarado, when both those guys are on and they've got their best stuff, I would pick Alvarado every day and twice on Sunday. Right. And I think um, one big thing probably working in his favor is the fact that he did get his immediate family members out of Venezuela and into Florida. I think that's huge for having his family closer and not having the stress and the weight of it all. And I think he mentioned in that article with Mark Topkin of the Tampa Bay Times that he's really the breadwinner for his family and constantly thinking about them over there with so much unrest going on. Yeah. Now he can kind of rest easy. He has a little bit of a support system. He can help them. They can help them. They can help him. And I think that's only going to, that's only going to prove fruitful for him because if he's got his mind right and his body right, there's no telling where let's remember just 24 years old, where he could go. Thank you. Thank you. That was going to be my point. Guys, he's 24. Imagine mm-hmm. you at 24 years old and your parents are going uh, not only through uh, health issues, but political unrest. You don't know what's going on. You don't really get news uh, daily as you hope. And you're in a different country. They speak a different language and you're playing in the biggest stages. And, oh, wait, I, 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 you know, I'm not maybe doing my job well, but, you know, my mom, you know, mm-hmm. a lot of things. And you're 24. I mean, the fact that his immediate family is going to be right here in Florida with him, I think that's huge. And I think the Rays uh, did their job right by by helping him through the visa uh, issues and, and getting his family back here. I mean, that's the Rays organization saying, how can we help you? Be the pitcher that we know that you can be. And, and they allowed that. And that speaks really highly of the Rays organization. We, we, we speak highly of how they do prospects and, and how they treat their players in the clubhouse. This is also a win. And, and, and no more stadium talk today. Um, yes, thank you. But let's focus on the positive. And I think this is a really huge positive from the organization. With Alvarado, I'm also curious – when we do see him in person eventually, what kind of shape he's in. I'm not sure if there's been any photos released of him. He's always going to be on the bigger side of guys. He's never going to be a Hobie Milner type or anything like that. (laughs) That's soaking wet as at 150 pounds, nor would I want that. Um, But what kind of condition is he in? I think is going to be huge. And uh, how did he spend his off season working towards that goal? Uh, I noticed, I think it was Josh Tolentino who put the report of, raise players that uh either gained weight or lost weight uh i i will note jalen beaks gained 15 pounds i'd, I'd be very curious is that is that good weight or bad weight because uh, does he look like matt duffy or not yeah uh i would i would highly doubt he looks like matt duffy he was already kind of a chunkier type of guy he had that southern thick to him but now you add another 15 <laughs> pounds to him hey maybe you who knows so? maybe i it's never, fit- I never- Maybe I 15 never, pounds I of never, muscle and he's, maybe, he's throwing I mean, 98 what, mile an hour heaters. Who knows? I could be <laughs> wrong on that. I, I never really pictured him as a, uh, as a kind of bigger guy. I always thought kind of, okay, maybe a little bit bigger than, than yeah. Matt Duffy, but kind of similar. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's kind of a shorter squattier type of guy. I would say, okay. I think he was listed at like five eleven, two hundred. 200. So you add another 15 pounds on that. I like I, I'm always I'm always intrigued he by looks like Mike Brousseau now. Yeah. And Mike Brousseau is a guy that lost weight. 
Yeah. Blake Snell actually gained weight, gained 10 pounds. Look which, at that. That's pretty cool. When we saw him at FanFest walking. He didn't look better. Roaming in his pajamas. He looked like he filled out a little bit. Had a little <laughs> Were those pajama pants? Th- those had to be, right? What else were they? They were, were they? pretty comfy. They, they looked they, pretty comfy. They looked like they were on a guy who was ready to chill out after FanFest <laughs> and just dive into some Fortnite. <laughs> and make some comments his, about Xavier Edwards. That yeah, that, those were his Fortnite pants. He was wearing loafers, I believe. Yeah, if I'm it, not mistaken, it, it was great. I mean, he was just the chillest. Uh, uh, he had the chillest outfit for that fan fest for sure. Yeah, he was cool. He was talking to because we were doing the clubhouse tour and came out and said hey, and he walked by with security. But I will say, uh, what they list him at six four, he looked bigger than that to me. I mean, he oh, no, looked six four. He looked like yeah. Did he did he grow a couple of inches too? I don't know. I just know he looked <laughs> the shoes. like maybe it was the shoes. <laughs> I, I will say he looked good and ready to to return oh, yeah. to hopefully uh, twenty eighteen form. I'll tell you my choice, who I'm most intrigued to watch in spring training after the break. All right, Ulysses, when we make that trip to Port Charlotte for a spring training game or two or three, you are most intrigued <laughs> by watching Jose Alvarado. My pick. Do you have any inkling who my pick could be? Well, oh. yes, I do. Okay, who do you think it is? It's it's your new boy, Brandon Lau. Wow, it is not oh, my no. new boy, Brandon <laughs> Lau. I already know he's gonna mash. I know he's gonna be. Oh, fine. Okay. it's just about staying healthy. I know what. Ooh, I know what Brandon Lau is. Can, can I? Can I? Can I have another? Hack yes, at it? I will give you another another strike. Yoshitomo Sutsugo. You got it right on the head. Nailed yes. it. Yes. Like trivia, baby. Let's go. Yes. And for a couple of reasons. Um, one, what position, if any, can he play? Because that's going to be huge. Right. Can he play left field? Can he play third base? Can he play first base? Can he not play any of them? I think that's a problem. <laughs> I will say, though, the Rays, for a team as... Uh, penny pinching as they are don't necessarily go around throwing 15 million dollars of investment nilly yeah into a guy that doesn't have a position or can't play a position now i i think i read a report earlier today that he hasn't played third base or first base since 2014 so that could pose a little bit of an issue because if you're if you don't look good in left field then Yikes. Well, they did see him work out in San Diego True. with uh, apparently Nolan Arenado was there. Um, I haven't really gotten that story straight, but um, I would like to hear it uh, from the horse's mouth there. Yeah, I think, well, I, I guess that Yoshi would come in the offseason and train at Arenado's facility. And that's kind of how he would he would get acclimated to the States a little bit. So besides the defensive thing, which, by the way, OK, assume he can't play really any position. Assume he's just limited to first base, okay? okay? That that creates kind of an issue for the Rays. No, you're talking yes. about at that point four, at least four guys who are really only limited that DH first base slot. Yeah, I, yeah, I count yeah. Jose yeah. Martinez. I count Satsugo. Say he can't do it. Uh, I count Nate Lowe. I right. count G Man Choi, and maybe maybe even Yandy Diaz because third base could pose an issue for him. Or has posed an issue for him at times. Yes, and that's why I think they they must have done their homework because they I mean yeah. they, they they know that they're okay with the defense 
that he'll be able to provide in, in third base. And let's be honest, it's a little bit of a different game right now in baseball. Everybody's mm-hmm. focused on launch angle and, and home runs are the new thing. speed, yeah. Right? So a lot of the defense is going to be a little bit overvalued because – you know, as long as you can mash, and if Joshi and and Yandi can mash, yeah, stick him at third. I mean, it doesn't really matter. Uh, the def- I mean, shifts are happening. Oh, yeah. Uh, so I, I just don't think defensive ability is going to hamper them being on the field. I mean, we saw Yandi play at third base plenty last right. se- season, and I mean, well, he wasn't uh, no Evan Longoria, but it's not like he was a black hole. Right. And I think it's also one of those things, like you mentioned, with the spray charts and tendencies of guys, I mean, you can kind of mask the weaknesses of some of your defenders. Heck, there's even talk with uh, with the Rays acquiring Manny Margot. I think it was David Adler, who's kind of the creator in Provocateur, I figured I would throw that word in there, of <laughs> baseball savant, that the Rays with Margot and Kiermaier could go with a two-man outfield at times. That'd just be pretty cool. Just put them in in the gaps, or you shift if you've got a, a particular you know pull side ground ball hitter. Put one guy in in center field, the other guy down the line on the other side, and and you're good to go. And, and, and imagine, kind of, I mean, you can have a rover running. You could do a lot of different things. Add an extra infielder. I mean, it could. I wouldn't put it past the Rays. I'll just put it like that. Two two things with that. Uh, if you believe that the race wouldn't ever do this, you haven't been watching race baseball because uh, opener shifts and they had a four-man outfield plenty of times in 2019. Uh, and the second thing, imagine if you're a batter and you've grown up playing baseball since basically out of the womb mm-hmm. and and you've always seen three outfielders and then you get to the big leagues and you're good or you're okay or you know whatever your skill is and then you look out into the field and there are two dudes in the outfield that, Roaming I mean, that, that entire field that, i mean how do you not get greedy it's a yeah. psychological uh chess game too that you can mm-hmm. play with with batters and, and when you put two guys out there uh it's kind of like daring it's kind of like the shift you know like okay yeah. yeah you sure take take your single to to third base uh don't pull the ball and then this one is like okay yeah sure hit, hit it I- in the outfield whether or not yeah. It's okay. Try it. And I'm, I'm not saying you'd want to do it uh, if you're in Marlins Park or in one of these gargantuan-sized ballparks. Where but could you do it? You could do where it in Fenway Park, I think, where you've got the Kiram's and everything one. like that, short fences or That's short porters. Because, I mean, even the Maybe third the of the shortstop could be – could you know, could play that Kiram off the, the, the wall, the yeah. monster. I'm sure the Rays know where – and how they could use it. They've got enough uh, stat nerds in their front office that, that can break those things down better than we can. Going back to Yoshi for a second. Um, okay, so we touched on the defensive thing. Offensively, I'll be curious to see how he translates, and uh, in, in especially early on in spring training, how he adjusts to po- possibly, probably, most likely fastballs that are coming in a little bit harder than he's used to in Japan bigger repertoires, better breaking balls, those sorts of things. And if the power translates too, I mean, I've seen plenty of highlights of Yoshi and he, when he gets a hold of them, he can mash them to all fields. And we know about the exit velocity and everything like that. But how does that really translate to the big league level where you've got guys throwing better stuff uh, and harder stuff too? And, and 
how does he, uh, how does he handle that going into his first year in, I, in American baseball? Agreed. I mean, it'll, it'll be very interesting to keep an eye on him, not only defensively, but offensively and, and see how much he can smash here in the States. Uh, those videos are impressive though. Yes. And again, <laughs> the Rays do not shell out $15 million for, uh, for anybody uh, every year. Mm-hmm. Okay. The Charlie Morton thing became yeah. one of the biggest things we've talked about and we're still talking about it because I kind of can't believe it. I think they uh, learned from Pat Burrell. Okay, we're not doing that. It's we. It better be for darn proven. sure. It better be a sure thing before we give that kind of money to exactly. a free agent. So exactly, and I think that's what happened with Yoshi. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, have you gotten your Yoshi T-shirt or jersey yet? No, man, that's coming. That's got to happen. Do it. But I want it in Japanese, though. Yeah, that'd be a cool thing. I, I'm I'm still deliberating. I'm probably going to go with the jersey. Instead of the jersey, oh, yeah. because jersey, yeah, jersey, I, jersey. Yeah. thirty bucks is about my limit. I mean, I'm not buying a four hundred and forty dollar authentic thing, especially <laughs> for a guy that's probably only going to be sticking around with the Rays exactly. for a couple of years before he moves on elsewhere. So those are the two guys. Yeah, Jose Alvarado, Yoshi Satsugo. Of course, there's plenty of other guys too, and there's going to be plenty of other things going on in spring training. Heck exhibition season is also extension season usually for the race so yeah, hopefully maybe you see austin meadows get a long-term contract tyler glass now willie adamas we just don't know it, it brendan mckay maybe right. do you think okay how about this do you think the rays land a contract extension with a player this yes. exhibition season one player okay yes they do because not only do they have to offer it, the player has to accept it. I think the That's Rays right. had approached like half a dozen guys last year in what you had two guys that ended up signing long-term exactly. um, or agreeing to long-term deals. So so you think at least one. That, that's the over-under, I guess. Yes, one is, guy will sign a long-term contract. Now, what that long-term contract is, hopefully uh, arbitration uh, years, obviously. Mm-hmm. So if they're... You know, those glass now meadow types. Uh, Maybe know, Wander Franco. You never know. Hey. It could be Wander Franco. Oh, man. Don't. Let's not. Hey. We could just have a Wander episode. Wander Don't episode. Do this to me. We'll have to do that if we, when we go, we're not going to announce the day that we're going to be in Port Charlotte, but we will be. Maybe as it gets closer. We're not. Not yet, right? But we, yeah. let's, but we know when we're going. Yes. So we got to make sure we reach out to the Rays and let them know that, hey, we're coming on this particular date, so you better have Wander Franco out there in the field against big league players. I okay? need Wander. I need, I need to see Alvarado, and I need to see Yoshi. Those three guys. Make it happen. Here, I'll give you a hint. Okay, the, the game that we will be at, okay. it's not a good opponent. It was not a good opponent last season, and they're most likely not going to be a good opponent or a good team this season. Is that That's, because we want them to win? Is that why we're doing this, or just uh, another reason? Just another reason. <laughs> okay. Although I like the first one, too. Yeah. Uh, let's leave it at that. That'll do it for today's show. Remember, you can find us on Twitter at LockedOnRays. You can also email us at LockedOnRays at gmail.com. Again, I'm Kevin Weiss. I'm Ulysses Sembrano. Thanks for listening. And remember, you can subscribe to this show on the podcasting app, Himalaya, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Stitcher. And when you get in your car, tell your smart device to play podcast Locked on Raves. <laughs>